1: Your buddy, kind of guy you can drink beer with. Start your engine.
0: It's the Nick D podcast. All right, all right, all right. Hello, it is the Nick D podcast. I am your host, Nick DiGilio. Welcome it is the nick the podcast we are part of the radio misfits podcast network check out radiomisfits.com you probably already have you're probably already aware of all the amazing varied and 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 awesome uh podcasts that are available here at radio misfits and i'm so happy to be a part of that family uh and i want to thank jason skaggs my main man for all the music and the sound and the themes and the goofiness that you hear including that great theme right there jason is out of houston uh check him out on facebook and patreon he's a he's a he's an amazing dude uh, you can also check us out on every platform uh, where you can get uh, podcasts. And please take the time to rate and review us and give us feedback. Speaking of feedback, we want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail anytime you want questions, comments, anything. Anything that comes into your mind, you want to tell us uh, what you think of the podcast or uh, thoughts or any of that kind of stuff. We want feedback from you. So the voicemail message uh, where you can do that is 773 417 6948. And to drop us an email, you can go to nickdpodcast at gmail.com, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Speaking of emails, we got an email from from Bill, who is a uh, subscriber and a listener to the podcast. And he says, hey, Nick, just wanted to drop you a quick email. I've been catching up on some of your podcasts from the last couple of weeks. And I just wanted to tell you how much I really, really, really enjoyed your recent interviews with Rose Abdu. Yes, Rose Abdu, terrific actress. Uh, who spent a good significant time uh, in Chicago here. She is from Hacks. You can see her in Hacks, and she's Gypsy on Gilmore Girls. She was fantastic, a great guest uh, a, a couple of weeks ago. And Dog from Poy Dog Pondering. Yes, uh, Dog Julin, great musician, incredible guy. I just interviewed him last week. They were just fantastic. The podcast just keep getting better and better, and I loved that you mixed in your Edward Herman at O'Rourke's and Gigi Allen at Lounge Jack Stories with Rose and Dog. Those are classic. You and Esmeralda are podcast gold. Thank you, Nick. That's Bill. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate it, man. Having a great time doing it. Love telling those stories. I will tell you. Um, I will tell you. It's it's a lot of fun to do that. And uh, they were great guests. Rose Abdu, da, uh, Rose Ab uh, Abdu, uh, and uh, and Doc Julian most recently. And and we have uh, this is episode number forty seven. So we have 46 other podcasts that you can check out. They're available at RadioMisfits.com, uh, and they're all there archived. You need to check them out. It's been uh, it's been a blast, and in addition to those two great people, we've had other great guests as well. And speaking of great guests, coming up, our buddy Dan Feinberg. He's going to be with us, and he is, in fact, the guy who writes for The Hollywood Reporter. He has a column called The Fine Print. Check out TheFinePrint.com, F-I-E-N. He's our TV expert, best and most knowledgeable TV uh uh, critic out there, and we always talk TV every couple of weeks. He joins us. Lots of TV talk to get to. Dan Feinberg will join us, and of course, the aforementioned Esmeralda Leon, who joins me on every episode. She's my partner in crime. She's my cohort, and she rules. And um, so Esmeralda will be uh, will joining us again in just a little bit. We're going to be talking about uh, fictional bad guys that aren't really bad guys. Like, hey, these bad guys really had a point. They're not so much villains. So good villains. Okay, we'll talk about that. And again, we're getting through this book uh, with all these incredibly scary facts in it. The book is called Are You Shitting Me? 1,004 Facts That Will Scare the Crap Out of You. And we've been going through some of those and having some fun with that. And our uh, weird flavored candy taste test is coming to an end. I think we've only got a couple more to do. And we are going to taste test cat butt gum. Straight from your cat's butt. And of course, because it's Tuesday, my dad will stop in and tell a joke. Because he does all the time every Tuesday. My 80-year-old dad, who will be 81 very soon, in fact, in just a couple of months, uh, loves to stop by and tell his jokes. So my dad tells a joke and all that other stuff. And Hi,
1: I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show.
0: I know you do. Hey, by the way, if you want to be a sponsor, uh, we would love to have you. Uh, you can advertise on the Nick D Podcast. Trust me, you're going to reach a lot of people. This, show, this This podcast is pretty popular, if I may say so. So if you're interested, you want to sponsor the show, you want to you want to advertise on the show, contact us at sales at com. Drop us a line. Say, I want to sponsor. I want to advertise on the Nick D Podcast. You're going to reach a lot of people, so you should do that. If you want to be a sponsor, if you want to do some ads with us, love to have you. Contact us at sales at com. All right, let's get to it, shall we? Let's say hello to Dan Feinberg after I say to you, congratulations.
2: Congratulations you're about to listen to the nick d podcast it's by far the best decision you've made today it makes the other podcasts seem like crap oh yeah don't be a jagger somewhere else, Dan
0: Feinberg. Ah, yes. All the way from somewhere else, that somewhere else, of course, is uh, Los Angeles. Dan is a TV critic for The Hollywood Reporter uh, and has a, a, a website and a blog and writes for The Hollywood Reporter. Under the name of The Fine Print, that's F-I-E-N. You can check out thefineprint, uh, com. And Dan joins us every couple of weeks to talk TV. Hello, Mr. Feinberg. How are you, sir? I am doing
2: okay. How are you doing, Nick? Pretty good, sir.
0: All right. Uh, always have a lot of TV to talk about. Um, and now, you, know, you remember back in the... Was there ever a time when you started... <laughs> how long, by the way, how long have you been doing this? How long have you been writing about and TV critiquing?
2: I have been writing about on a professional level television since early two thousand and three, I guess, so not forever but entirely too long
0: yeah and that and you've been a part of you've been a part of my shows and a part of my podcast since close to that beginning haven't you?
2: It's definitely, uh, I don't know that it's been that far back, but it's definitely, it's stretched obviously through when I was at HitFix and yeah. then into THR. So if we're going, it's, you know, a decade, decade plus, who knows, yeah. a it's long a time, Nick. It's
0: been a while. <laughs> so let me ask you this, around this time, we are uh, in the month of uh, June, no, May, no June. <laughs> I don't even know what the hell is going on. Anymore. I
2: don't know why you wanted to take us backwards is the question. We're like two days away from July and you wanted I, to go back to I know. May. I <laughs> I'm
0: forgetting my birthday. My birthday is like next week and I'm already forgetting <sighs> uh, what it is. But um, so we're in June. Now, normally back, let's say back in 2003 when you started professionally writing, um, there was an end to the television season, you know, the regular television season and summer way back in the day, you know, when I was growing up and – Uh, And obviously, probably when you were growing up as well, the summer meant, you know, reruns and replacement shows. And that's just not the case anymore. Uh, New shows, the season, quote unquote, doesn't really end ever on TV. Am I right about that?
2: Pretty much. I mean, there are the artificial dividing lines that still mark the start and the end of the season. So technically speaking, the Nielsen advertising affiliated season begins basically the day after the Emmys in September and continues until about halfway through May, give or take. But it was all artificial to begin with. So now it's become even more artificial. But yeah, no, definitely there used to be Back in the day, that used to be when you could regroup. It used to be when you could catch up on things. Everybody remembers, or some people remember, the classic NBC if you haven't seen it before, it's new to you uh, <laughs> log line <laughs> for repeats, which was oh, a great yeah. tagline. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
2: If you have not seen it before, it is new to you. Well, that was <laughs> basically their way of saying we're going to be running repeats all summer and come. Watch the old stuff. But then, even before there started being new programming, there started being kind of a transition. Okay, so summer is going to be when. I don't know, first Big Brother premiered and also Survivor was a late summer premiere back in in 2000. And then you kind of expand and then there was more and more cable stuff. And then broadcast networks would say, oh, we're going to do year round programming. So you remember folks remember back when the OC premiered, that was the summer when Fox wanted to have four or five different original programs going at this point. It there's just no pause. There's yeah. no downtime. There's kind of an artificial pausing point that isn't really a pausing point at the end of May when it you hit the Emmy deadline, but even then it it just doesn't stop or even yeah. slow down.
0: <laughs> I mean, I remember it, and I, and I know that uh, that Frank Costanza because those were his favorite uh, issues. <laughs> Uh, The Fall Preview, the TV Fall Preview issue, the TV Guide Fall Preview issue, those are my favorite. Those are the ones. I collected those from the beginning, as Frank Costanza would say. Um, but that does, does TV, I mean, TV guide, does TV guide exist anymore? Like, do they have hard copies of TV guide anymore?
2: <laughs> TV guide does still exist. It is, it is. And primarily... I'm sorry, I'm
0: sorry to not know that. And I feel like an ass if somebody works for TV guide, I apologize. I just, I was... assume
2: someone out there does, but it's yeah. not, it, it's not as big as it was. It's not as huge a staff as it was, but I do have friends who work for both okay. TV guide and for tvguide.com, which are. Despite having the same name, in no way actually connected as publications. These is that days. right? Is that, that right? That is that is accurate. That uh, the TVGuide.com is its own thing, and TV Guide the magazine, which does still exist, uh, is its own thing. And I have friends who work autonomously for each, and that's what it is. No, but back in the day, you'll remember that there used to be the thing I would do—the Take Me to the Pilot series, where yeah. I would write little blurbs about each network's individual pilots. And that was a fun thing I could do, both because the... Well, actually, there were several reasons. So let's go with as many as three different reasons. The first reason, more than any, why you can't do it anymore, is because a lot of the stuff that got ordered at Upfronts back in May was on the basis entirely of a script. There, So in, in many cases, there are no actual pilots for anyone to see anyway. So that's one reason. Then the networks clamped down and said, oh, we don't want people doing sort of social media and other reactions so that also cut out what i was doing and then finally and this is last and surely not least part of the reason why i used to do that series is because it was a really good way of having tv related coverage when things started to get slow and so as long as that is no longer the case There's just no way to do it anymore. Mm, There's no pause for such things. It is, it's nonstop chaos. But hey, you know, it's always preferable to be too busy, too distracted, have too much stuff than not enough.
0: Yeah. No. I mean, I I I understand that, and it's just, I just, I I guess I kind of miss the build up to the fall. You know, to the to the new fall shows and looking at that. I remember as a kid looking at that TV guide. You know and the big color section in the beginning at the end, you know, in the end, and you would read and go, oh, here's a new show with Jamie Farr, oh, you know, and it would be, I don't know why I said Jamie Farr, <laughs> I have no idea, but, but it was just, it was always exciting to get that fall, that TV Guide Fall preview, and I kind of missed that, but I also love the fact that you can watch new TV year round and it never stops and production never halts.
2: And that, and then there is still always the fact that No one has been able to keep up with everything as it's been going. So there's still everybody, and that includes me, has the list of things that they need to be catching up on or that they're supposed to be catching up on or that their friendly neighborhood TV critic told them to catch up on. Yeah, it's, it's sort of it does take away some of the fun because it would get to be September as you say there would be the TV Guide fall preview, there would be the Entertainment Weekly fall preview, yeah, yeah, yeah. you would you would start seeing the advertisements weeks ahead on television, you'd start getting pumped, there are also the networks used to do these little network preview things where they'd dedicate an hour of prime time basically just to showing the trailers, it wasn't like right. they were doing anything more sophisticated right. but they absolutely used to blow it out, you know here's, here's the trailers for all the stuff that's coming out in a couple of weeks and no yeah. one does that pomp and circumstance anymore because it they're because who would care you know who would right. who would right. feel as if their enthusiasm was being validated though of course <laughs> to be sure tb Guide does have a fall preview that will come out in september right. and it is still no doubt their biggest issue of the year and i'm sure advertising wise it is still a thing that keeps the lights on for the entire magazine yeah. the rest of the year but most people do not these days, and we, we, we've lost a little something.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I remember when I was a kid, when I was a young kid, that they would actually do – the networks would actually on – on the Friday night before the new cartoons would start on Saturday, <laughs> they would have, like, a special, like, Friday evening, hey, all the new kid shows that are coming up that are premiering tomorrow – I remember sitting in front of the TV being really excited because NBC and ABC and CBS would do their little Friday evening preview, half an hour preview, showing all the trailers and the little clips and stuff of all the new stuff we could watch the next morning. And I remember that being very exciting, too.
2: And it was a way of kind of creating a monoculture wherein everybody was watching that same program on Friday night because everyone was excited about watching the same cartoons on Saturday morning because that was the ritual that everyone had. The alternative would be to say that these days... Social media is basically that, and it's that 24-7. It's the, ooh, look, it's uh, trailers for five yeah. new Netflix shows that dropped yep. today. Yep. So you can get as excited as you choose to get. It just isn't, it isn't all of us getting excited at the same time all together celebrating yeah. TV yeah. at
0: once. And it wasn't, as, I mean, obviously, it wasn't nearly as ubiquitous. You know, I mean, like, you'd have to, like... And as we were talking about, you know, as we're reminiscing here and sounding like old men, um, (laughs) there was a period of time where, like, if you missed it, you missed it. There were no VCRs. When I was a kid, we didn't have VCRs. If you missed it, maybe you saw it again in the summer. But that was it, you know? (laughs) And so, you know, there was a time when it was kind of appointment TV. So. Yeah.
2: Or in or in the case of the uh, the Star Wars special, it was absolutely impossible <laughs> to get and you had to find the the nerd with the video store who had the bootleg copy yep. that wasn't available to rent but that he would lend out to special people. Yep. Whereas now you can just find that thing in yep. B. Arthur singing it's... and all of that. You can just find <laughs> right. that on YouTube or wherever right. you want to. It's the, the the charm is all gone and yeah. yes we are being old men here and We now. are. I don't care. We, uh, I I'm old. <laughs>
0: I don't care. Uh, okay, listen, but you know what? I, I may be old, but she still Hi, loves Carrie
1: me. I'm Russell, and I <laughs> love Nick's show.
0: So, um, you mentioned uh, the end of the you know the, the, the end of the the Emmy eligibility uh, season. Uh, I am starting to see, as we were just talking about now, things on social media. People are plugging and doing things on social media. Um, the Emmy campaigning that I'm now seeing all over social media. Uh, not just in trades, you know, like normally, normally, you know, this kind of stuff would show up in like variety and and, and trades like the one you work for. Indeed. Um, (laughs) You know, the Hollywood Reporter, uh, they would take out these for your consideration ads. Now they're, they're all over the place for the public and for everybody, you know, to see not just people who pick up variety and, and Hollywood Reporter and the campaigning has begun. I'm seeing it everywhere. Has that, Over the course of the past few years, has it become common to just go way beyond the trades and do it all over the place online? I think
2: there. it it used to feel as if the trades were kind of the hub for how you got the eyeballs of the voters. I think everyone still understands that the trades, including the one that I work for, are a hub. But again, it comes back again to the monoculture versus broad culture and the fact that there just isn't any more a single place where you can count on reaching all eyeballs. There are however many websites that do entertainment coverage. And just like I mentioned with the TV Guide magazine and uh, how much basically of their year's advertising revenue comes out of that one issue, Mm -hmm. for your consideration, campaigning is what keeps so many websites and magazines, including the one that I work for in business. It It is so much the engine that steers the entire town. And so, you know, I don't know how much this is in, in Chicago, but certainly in Los Angeles, it's it's not just advertising everywhere in the normal places. It's billboards yeah. everywhere. It's posters yeah. everywhere on every wall. And so many of the things are for shows that have approximately 0% right. chance of ever getting nominations. And <laughs> The reasons why those things will happen is partially because everyone has to, you know, the they people have to appear as if they're in business. They have to appear that if the game is to get Emmy nominations, that you're trying. Also, a lot of people who do TV as actors, part of what's in their con- in their contract is there's going to be an FYC campaign on my behalf when it becomes that time of year. So everyone's perfunctorily doing that. Even if the reviews were all horrible, even if there are, you know, 150 shows in the category of which 143 of them are better. Some of them, you're still just going to see those ads percolating out because it keeps, keeps everybody employed, whether or not there's any actual purpose to it. It keeps the money circulating.
0: I, uh, I, you know, uh, I love the four-year consideration uh, ads. I used to love them when I was younger, and I would get variety. I was a regular variety reader, even though I wasn't in the business, uh, because I pretended I was in the business, I guess. I don't know. Um, I'd read the box office. I'd read the views. But I loved uh, the four-year consideration ads, and I loved the ads in variety for movies. Like, hey, you know, like I I remember getting all excited because back in 1979, uh, uh, Avco Embassy Films took out a full-page ad in variety about how much money Phantasm made. (laughs) <laughs> you know, And I remember being really excited because Phantasm was one of my favorite movies, horror movies of all time. And I used to love the four-year considerations, like the two truck ads that they would take out for movies and TV shows that had no possible way of being nominated. Those were always my favorite. I remember – you know, and at the end of the year, because I review movies and I've been a professional film critic for so many years, and when I get screeners – and now not as much. They don't send out the physical screeners as much as they do just links and stuff – um, but back in the day, they would send—I remember getting, like, four-year consideration uh, DVDs of, like, you know, the Fast and Furious movies. And I would—that just cracks me up when they would do that. As you mentioned, like, things that have no business being even considered for nominations for awards. I love the fact that they would spend money on considering those kind of uh, projects.
2: It is—it it greases the palms. It It keeps the rivers moving. Whatever your preferred analogy is, it is definitely the thing that keeps— all of the ecosystem alive and thriving is this strange circular exchange of, of money for consideration. Uh, you know, and in some cases, I'm happy when I see that someone is is mounting a campaign for something that I really like that, uh, you know, and some of the times I'll obviously be blurbed in those. And, you yeah. know, that's, yeah, yeah. that's amusing. I like being – I'm always happy to be blurbed when it happens to be something that I really genuinely yeah. love because I'm doing it, I, you know, on I will a casual say one basis of, anyway.
0: <laughs> I will say one of my favorite uh, achievements of my life is that I am – uh, quoted on the video box uh, and DVD box for uh, Chris Elliott's Cabin Boy, and and that for me that's it. I'm done. You know what I mean? Like I've been, I was quoted on a bunch of other ones, but that for me, like you know, I am quoted on Cabin Boy. And I'm, I'm like, okay, that's it. I, I've, that's everything I need to accomplish in life.
2: <laughs> no, because someday they're going to put out the Criterion edition of Freddie Got Fingered, and who's ah, going to write the central right. essay for that Criterion Freddie Got Fingered Blu-ray? Right. It's You're only going to be you. Right. You're right.
0: I mean, the liner, no- the liner notes are going to be all me. That's true. Exactly. Uh, so speaking of MA campaigning, the deadline is July 12th, right? Sounds for, right. Yes. And it, then, it's
2: tough to know because it gets dragged out and it gets dragged out. And like, for example, the, the official ballot, and that's even more ridiculous than the FYC, because the consideration stuff, you know, it's studios paying and whatever. Yeah. And maybe there are some limitations, but for the ballot that goes out to members, it's basically Anybody and everything, and it's it's just kind of chaos. And that went out a couple weeks ago, uh, mm-hmm. I guess two weeks now. And so, yeah, there's about a month where everyone is is let's say catching up and doing their homework, except you know, however whatever percentage of people who vote exclusively for the thing that their friend did yeah, or yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know the other thing that's on the same network or from the same studio cuz we're all in the same family there's right. there's an awful lot of very very circular and circuitous you know one hand washing the other kind of thing that happens with all of this it's it's a strange system that hmm. we're in the middle of
0: <laughs> so I, so the nominations are are i, I, I guess July 12th i guess that is hate that's handed when the out ballots are in I think. Oh okay. And then they, the, the 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 actual ceremony uh, the awards are handed out September 12th. Yes. Uh, yes. So in in between that time then the nominations will will uh, will come out. So they're still campaigning. Um at, uh, at this uh, at this no, time. No, you, you the, you're the... correct incidentally.
2: Tuesday July 2nd, uh, July 12th rather is the day they're announced. The okay. uh the the voting ends on June 27th.
0: OK, well, the, I believe the next time that you are on with me is the 12th Um, and well, is the, the next time that you will be on with me is the 12th. That's two weeks. It so- is. But the
2: thing that you're going to have to keep in mind and that we may want to plan around is, yes, my next scheduled appearance would be be the 12th, yeah. but not to let people know how the sausages worked, <laughs> right. we would right. not be recording it on the 12th, right. so we may want right. to discuss what we want to do about yeah, that. Yeah, we'll figure our... it
0: out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we, we will definitely figure it out at that point to, 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 to try and be as timely as possible with that, uh, with the Emmy nominations coming out, so we'll figure that out. Um, okay, so the, the TV's Top 5 uh, is a podcast that you do uh, with, uh, with your partner. Uh, tell us about that podcast and who you do it with.
2: Yes, uh, I do it with the podcast with Leslie Goldberg, who is my THR colleague. She is... uh... She is a master television reporter. She is well-sourced and generally brilliant about all things industry and and covers for almost all of my deficiencies, bless Leslie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we come out every week and we talk through the week's biggest headlines and we have uh, regular showrunner interviews. So if people, uh, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this in a few minutes, but if people have or will have watched uh, The Bear, for example, at, on Hulu, uh, we have the... The co showrunner of that on the podcast last week. If anybody Mm -hmm. watched Apple TV Plus's Loot, which we may also talk about in a bit. we had the two showrunners on the podcast two weeks ago. So usually the podcast tends to be about 90 to 100 minutes, of which, give or take a bit, 40 minutes is an interview with uh, some showrunners of some notable shows of the week. But otherwise, we're just babbling about TV. I, I do a review segment at the end of the podcast. It's it's ever so much babbling about television, because heaven knows you can always babble more about TV.
0: Well, in the most – I guess it's the cur- the most current uh, episode uh, is you talk about the bear, which obviously uh, the people that live in the city that I live in are very interested in. And are, and I, can say, I can't say this much. A lot of people that I know have been eating that thing up. I've not watched it yet uh, for some unknown reason. Um, but you also do the best of TV 2022 so far. We are – God, it's unbelievable. We're six months into the year already. Uh, almost seven months, as we pointed out a few minutes ago um and that's halfway through and you talk about some of the best television of 2022 and uh i would love people to listen to the podcast i don't want you to give everything away but what are some of the things that you guys discussed as the best so far of the year
2: yes uh my my tv critiquing uh colleague angie han and i did a a feature on this for for the magazine and and basically on the podcast, we we kind of went through our options. And so for the purposes of this, you know, there's really no point whatsoever in us doing each of us doing a top 10 for midseason because then two thirds of it or half of it, whatever, will still be the same six months later. And it's all it, it all becomes saying the exact same thing over and over and over again, which I already do plenty of. So in this case, uh, Angie and I each picked five shows for the year at midseason, And so, yeah, and a lot of them are, of course, things that uh, that regular listeners to your podcast know that are the things that we want to talk about. So, in fact, you know, if I'm on this podcast every other week, for the last six months, we've been pretty much talking every week about the new episode of Atlanta, the new episode of Barry, and the new episodes of Better Things. So those were three of our (laughs) top shows because they're really damn good shows.
0: Right, right. Yeah, that's that's cool. So people can check that out and uh, it, written in written form, the Hollywood Reporter, and uh, in the podcast, uh, you can also check that TV's top five, and uh, it's all uh, over at the uh, Hollywood Reporter. Uh,
2: yeah, website. and it's and it's a good and it's a good mix, I think, of returning shows like. The ones I just mentioned, because those have been the things that we talk about on a weekly basis, uh, mm-hmm. and also shows like uh, Better Call Saul, which I tell you to watch on a weekly basis. Uh, <laughs> it's it's not making any progress, but I still <laughs> tell you it's all good. I understand at this point at this point it's piling up, so <laughs> I, know, it, I, know, I know I know there's there's only so much you can do, but it's also <laughs> going to be over in two months, and then you can just binge the entire series. Right. Uh, but we also t- so for the list also included some new stuff, so like Pachinko on Apple TV plus which is a show i've been telling everybody to watch severance Mm -hmm. on apple tv plus another show i've been telling everyone to watch for months uh yeah so I i think it's a good mix of kind of new and returning stuff and then we'll see when we come back and do our respective top tens in mid december how many of these things are are still the things we're talking about six months from now and how many uh, you know, hopefully in a perfect world, the second half of the year is going to be as filled with great TV as the first half. And so some of these will still be on the end of the year list and others will not.
0: OK. All right. Well, you mentioned the bear. Obviously, it's something that uh, uh, that as Chicagoans were very interested in. And also as uh, I, I don't I haven't watched it yet, but I hear that it's not the best representation of the world of Italian beef. That's just what I've been hearing. <laughs> um, and so tell us this is a Hulu show. It's, again, under the confusing banner of FX but on Hulu, but you can't watch it on FX. It only streams on Hulu, and yet FX's name is all over it, but it's the bear. Uh, tell me what you, you, your thoughts on that.
2: Yeah, it is the ongoing perplexity of how the FX slash Hulu slash Disney relationship is going because for a long time – they kind of had the branded section on the Hulu page that was for the FX-produced Hulu originals, and they called it FX on Hulu. They eliminated the actual FX on Hulu tab, so now these are just FX shows that you watch on Hulu. It's very... What? it's <laughs> Exactly. There's There's no point in trying to keep up. There's also virtually no point in trying to figure out why some shows that normally would have aired weekly on fx are being dropped in large batches like for example the bear is all available all eight episodes to stream on hulu it's basically just a hulu show but even most hulu shows don't all go up at once they go up three two one whatever it's all confusing nick it's very yeah. very dumb yeah. <laughs> So, yes. So, as you say, uh, the bear is set in the in the competitive world of Chicago Italian beef sandwiches. Uh, But more particularly, it's the story of a of a prestige chef whose most recent job was at a Michelin starred restaurant in Malibu. Uh, But he returns to his Chicago hometown when his older brother commits suicide and leaves the family's Italian beef restaurant to him. Uh, The main character is played by Jeremy Allen White, who some people will know as Lip from Shameless, another Chicago show. So apparently he's got it in his blood. Um, And yeah, so the, basically the, the whole point is, here's this chaotic, somewhat grungy restaurant. Will the new chef be able to change it into something closer to fine dining? Is it, already dead and he's basically steering you know rearranging the deck chairs on the titanic etc it is very good at capturing the the chaos of a restaurant kitchen the show is loud the show is intense particularly in the second half of the season the show is full of swearing and irritation and people seeming like they're right on the verge of killing each other with unsharpened implements and so If people have varying degrees of food service experience, and I feel as if many, 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 possibly most people do, it, it rings extraordinarily true. The question then becomes, having had those experiences and maybe in some cases still having PTSD from those experiences, is it necessarily a world that you need to spend time in? And it is... Definitely, at times, an unpleasant show by design. It's also only eight episodes. They're all give or take a bit, a half hour. The final episode, I believe, is forty-seven minutes. But there's also an episode earlier that's only twenty minutes. So it kind of all balances out here and there. Uh, but I, I thought it, it did a really good job of setting up a world and of beginning to introduce characters in a world. And I, I would like to, to keep watching it. And I, I expect. Um, it will do okay and do well enough for FX slash Hulu to want to keep it around because people were talking about it last week, not just in Chicago, but definitely probably specifically in Chicago. Yeah. And yeah, I hope that, I hope that that goes wide and cause it's, yeah. it's a, it's a really solid show.
0: I can speak to that. Uh, people are definitely talking about it here. Definitely. Um, And not just people, you know, who are in the business, but uh, you know, but as you mentioned, it 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 is you know very accurate, or I haven't seen it yet, but I hear it's very accurate in its in its portrayal of working in kitchens and working in food. Uh, it, and it it
2: definitely yeah. is that I have heard from some sort of ingrained Chicago people that they didn't love its depiction of Chicago, and and yeah. I sort of can understand that. I would say that it has it has a definite texture and feel and authenticity. On the other hand, most of the Chicagoness of it really and truly is second uh second unit slash B roll type stuff. It's yeah, oh yeah, look, yeah. there's an establishing shot of a bunch of stuff. I assume they obviously did film that stuff in Chicago, but mm-hmm. but most of it is set inside this restaurant set. Yeah. So
0: I, I I and I also understand, and again I haven't watched it, but I also understand from a lot of people that I know that it doesn't really understand uh the true nature of Italian beef in this city. Um <laughs> it- <laughs> it's a big deal here. I, and I know that sounds ridiculous to, to, to people outside of oh, Chicago, no. but Italian beef in Chicago, it's a big friggin' deal here. It really it, is.
2: I, and, I, and I think I can... I would say that the type of restaurant that this restaurant is... Is sometimes confusingly depicted in the show, and I, I can definitely understand. I think it does a, a pretty solid job of emphasizing that this is this is an institution. This is yeah. a, this <laughs> is a cultural thing. I, th- I think you would get that, mm-hmm. but I absolutely can understand that the authenticity and realism might only go so far.
0: Right. <laughs> okay. All right. And we're. I mean, we. You know, Chicagoans tend to be dicks about that kind of stuff, and I'm <laughs> definitely and I'm definitely on that boat. Uh, I'm a lifelong. I've, you know born and bred here and so you know you're going to make a show about Italian beef you got to get it right and i think that's one of the reasons why i haven't been why i haven't actually watched yet i'm not really sure but i think i,
2: I think you'd discover that it gets a lot of it does not get everything right i think you would yeah. discover it gets a lot of stuff right you just have to decide for yourself if you feel like it gets the important stuff right okay. that is the different question okay
0: well i'm definitely going to watch it i just and and again 8 episodes about around a half an hour i can knock that out in a day and a half so I it's will. a breeze it's yeah. a breeze all right Uh, let's talk about, and I have, I do not have Apple Plus and I'm, I, 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 at some point, I guess I'll have to get it at some point because if Maya Rudolph continues to just do shows that I can't watch, I'll be very sad, uh, because I adore Maya Rudolph, um, and she's in a show on Apple Plus called Loot. Where do you stand on Loot? I stand...
2: Very tepidly positive while at the same time somewhat disappointed by Mm, loot. I think it is the show was created by Alan Yang and Matt Hubbard, who previously created together the Meyer Rudolph afterlife dramedy forever which mm-hmm. aired a few years ago was canceled after one season also starred fred armison it was i i thought that was a very good show i thought I it was too. a show that i thought it was a show that perplexed some people because it wasn't from week to week what anyone expected it to be yep. but i thought it was a good show uh this one is and if you go to our tv's top five interview with alan yang and matt hubbard they discuss and admit that really and truly this is very very close to being a broadcast show it is it it feels like a broadcast show they swear a little bit but mostly that's not what it is it feels like a workplace broadcast comedy um my review i said that when it works it probably works on somewhat similar levels to Parks and Recreation. When it doesn't work, it probably fails on levels that are somewhat similar to Mr. Mayor, uh, which Mm. is sort of an example of a show where... Fantastic cast, and either the cast was enough to get you to watch, or Ugh. the cast was enough to piss you off and make yep. you wish that,
0: <laughs> that yeah, it I'm was the, a better show. I'm in the latter camp on on Mr. Mayor. <laughs> Entire entirely
2: reasonable, and and it got canceled, so no yeah. <laughs> no huge yeah. loss there. Um, but so it's it it is definitely a show where your affection for the cast will take you as far as it can, and so it start the show stars Maya Rudolph as the wife of a tech mogul, uh think Mackenzie Scott, formerly married to Jeff Bezos, or Melinda Gates, formerly married to Bill, obviously. And so after the divorce, she is, as as the joke goes, she's left with nothing but $87 billion. <laughs> and so she has to figure out what is right. her life now. And right. so she has this utterly ridiculous Embarrassing house at the top of the hills in Hollywood, which is at least some of it is a real house and it is spectacular. Um, but then she becomes aware that she had a charitable foundation and that the charitable foundation had been run by Michaela J. Rodriguez, who people will know as an Emmy nominee from Pose, and she plays the head of the uh. Of the Charitable Foundation and other people at the Foundation are played by uh, the always hilarious Ron Funches, by Oscar nominee – no, Oscar winner, sorry, Nat Faxon, uh, by recent Fire Island star and screenwriter Joel Kim Booster – and so, basically, it's here's a woman whose life has been dedicated to superficiality and being wealthy, and she is gradually going to learn to become a better person, which is, of course, also the undercurrent of Parks and Recreation, of large chunks of the office, of the good place, obviously. And it's it, it doesn't have enough of a of a satirical edge. It doesn't have enough of a perspective. What it does have is an awareness that my Rudolph is ridiculously talented and it gives her some fun things to do. And the Joel Kim booster is an incredible improviser and it gives him things to do and let's Ron Funches be funny and let's Nat Faxon be interesting and let's Michaela J. Rodriguez, who mostly was not funny all that much on pose, but here is funny. Mm -hmm. And so there's, there's a lot of here are great people. I kind of wish there was something more substantive than just, okay, it's a single-camera workplace comedy, ultimately. Yeah. And it's just not good enough yet to overcome the levels in which it's conventional. But, uh, you know, the creators are extraordinarily talented. They've worked on a lot of really great shows, and the, te- the cast is, is tremendous. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It, I, huh. I liked it, and at times I liked it very much, but I didn't love it. Okay.
0: And is Loot on Apple TV? How did they on Apple Plus? How did they uh, stream their their shows? <laughs> <laughs> In-
2: what
0: are inconsistently. The rules? What, what are the rules there? I don't know. Yeah.
2: I believe they started off with a few and then it's shifting to weekly. I think that is what the I think that's what the the game is with that mm-hmm. one is that it was the first 3 premiered uh last Friday, I guess, and then it will be one episode per
0: week on Fridays okay. subsequently, I believe. Okay. Now, you mentioned Nat Faxon. I'm a little disappointed you didn't mention Ben and Kate. That's just me. Um... Oh,
2: it, well, and, it is the fir- and it is the first time that, ben, that Nat Faxon has gotten to play something resembling an everyman slash romantic lead since Ben and Kate. So mm. it, it's, it's,
0: a, it's a solid part for him. It's, yeah. Uh, well, it, yeah, I, I like him. I think he's great. I think he's obviously he's a terrific writer as well. But um, I will always have a soft spot in my heart for Ben and Kate. That was a show that I absolutely loved that. You know, that was one of those Nick is alone on an island uh, shows.
2: <laughs> I I was I spoke I spoke kindly of it at the time and and still think it was a, a solidly above average show. And Fox at that point had difficulties yeah. dealing with decent comedies.
0: Yeah, absolutely true. OK, uh, so they got loot is out there as well. All right. Uh, um, let me ask you this. I keep forgetting uh, when Chad comes back because I'm concerned. As we we talk about shows that only Nick likes. um, (laughs) We have, uh, in my opinion, the fantastic Chad, uh, which is coming back on TBS. And I know they delayed it. It was supposed to have been aired already. um, But uh, it's now been delayed again. And now I guess it's coming on in July?
2: Yes, July the 11th. uh, And I don't really know what it's future is going to be and it's not even so much that its future is is questionable slash sketchy because the only person in the country watching it is is nick digilio mm-hmm. um though there's at least some of that uh yeah <laughs> uh, no one of one of our co- one of my colleagues uh robin Barr, loves Chat Joe, you are not the only one. It is, yeah. but it is, however, a select audience. The problem, though, <laughs> is that uh, all of the Turner cable networks, and this is something else that was discussed on last week's TV's Top Five podcast, several weeks in a row now on this one, uh, the Turner networks of the basic cable variety, so that is TBS and TNT. They're moving away from scripted programming, and so it's hard to know, mm. you know, if everything around it has been canceled, right. Where is the, where is there room for Chad to exist just yeah. for Nick and Robin? I don't right. have an answer to well, that, but I don't we'll
0: say, I don't know. And I, I mean, I obviously I'm just a massive fan of Nassim Pedrad and everything. I mean, I just love her and I love the show. It is, it is, it got progressively darker and more uncomfortable to watch, uh, as it went on the first season. And by the end of it, I was just completely in, uh, Totally in, and I can't wait till it comes back. But if there's no room for it, you know, on a, on that network, there's not going to be room for it anywhere. <laughs> so I would I would guess yeah. you're probably right about that. Is that? Well, I yeah. mean, I, look, there's there's at least the
2: vague off chance that if and you know they they know what the numbers look like for where people watched that show and if they did and there's always the vague and remote possibility that it could make a move to uh, to HBO Max or something in the same way that the other two which yeah. is yeah. you know the other two did and So maybe that would be the best case. I think that's probably the best case scenario. I can't tell you how uh, realistic that
0: is. (laughs) No, I don't expect anybody. I mean, because seriously, there were episodes of Chad that I'd watch. And afterwards, I'm like, man, people are going to hate that. (laughs) Well, (laughs) man, Um, I am enjoying the hell out of uh, season three of evil. I am just loving it. Um, I love the show. And I think they're going in wonderful directions with it. It's still consistent, but it's gotten even. I think I, I think this season so far, this, these three episodes of season three have the show has always been amusing, but for some reason, I've been laughing out loud a lot. And also on top of that, uh, connected to the characters, and uh, there are still really scary and really skin crawly and very creepy stuff in the show. But I find the the, the ensemble to be having a blast the kids i love those four girls to death uh and and i love their scenes so so much and i love that they become like integral to every episode so far this season um now, and again i think we've already talked about this you saw how many episodes of uh, of evil
2: i saw i saw 4 so the so the one that will air Next, Sunday, whenever that yeah. is, Sunday. is the la- is the last of the episodes that I saw before the start of the season. I do think I've gotten more screeners. I just haven't had a chance to watch them yet. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the fourth one is the last I've seen. I, I feel as if probably the season has been... More effectively funny than scary for me so far. I don't think that's in any way a, a negative thing. I just yeah, think yeah, it's yeah. In what the, what the tone has been absolutely. towards
0: absolutely, absolutely. And the yeah.
2: sh- and the show always has the ability to do either an extremely funny episode or sometimes an episode that's chilling and terrifying. And yeah. I don't know that any of these episodes have really gotten under my skin in the way that the show does at its best, but. Yeah. I, the fir- the, the yeah. first
0: episode was the closest to doing it. Episode, the premiere episode was the closest one that kind of I was like, Ugh, you know, where uh, yeah, Katya had the split tongue and all that weird shit. That kind of got under me. But for the most part, I'm, I've been finding it really amusing. I love, I love uh, Andrea Martin as a regular on it. I, I just, I'm, I mean, I'm just loving what they're doing with it. And uh, and and you know, Christine Lottie, the the last episode dealt with her now working with a bunch of millennials. That was hilarious and. Really wonderful. And so I really love the direction that they're going with it. And I just find that I find that show to be uh, just consistently great. I really, really enjoy the hell out of that show. I really do. I find it to be top notch. And I hope that
2: people are actually somehow watching it because it hasn't yet been renewed for a fourth season. But I Mm. hope that they find reasons to do that. Yeah.
0: Well, I've been going out of my way, screaming it from the hilltops uh, about how great it is. I just think it's terrific. Um, I had not seen The Old Man uh, before. Uh, you know, our last uh, visit. And as, as anybody who knows me, and I've told you, Jeff Bridges is my favorite actor of all time. I love him. And I was very, very excited about seeing this. And now we are three episodes into that show. Um, and I want to say this. Uh, you, I, I, there are times when you and I agree completely. There are times when you and I don't agree. <laughs> and then there are times when it's 1,000% on the money. And you were... <laughs> 1000% on the money about the old man. Now, I've only seen the first three episodes. You've seen, uh, I've all only of it, seen
2: right? one, I, no, I've only seen one additional episode. They said, Oh, us, okay, they sent us four to start the season. So, once again, this is another one that I am about to ca- The world is about to catch up with me on, yeah.
0: Well, um, I think Bridges is fantastic. There are moments in it that are extraordinary. Um, I'm not at all thrilled with the way it's the story is being told. Not crazy about the flashbacks, nor am I crazy about the actors who play uh, the younger versions of those characters, um, and I find it distracting. But the stuff between Brid- – anytime Bridges is on screen, it's great. Anytime Lithgow and – oh, God, what's her name? Oh, Jesus. Aaliyah uh, Shawkat. Was yes, he. amazing, yes. Anytime they're on screen, it's fantastic. I just – I'm not crazy about the structure, the story, telling style of it. And I don't know, the last episode, episode three, there wasn't enough Jeff Bridges – I was like, wait a minute, where the hell is Jeff Bridges? And whatever there were, there were, was great. And the stuff between him and Amy Brenneman was fantastic and so good to see her. I mean, it's not like she's not been on TV in a long time, but it was so great. You know, I love the role. I love the stuff between the two of them. Um, uh, And the first episode I thought was great because it was just like, how much of, uh, how much one long takes can we see of Jeff Bridges just like kicking someone's ass Uh, And I didn't have a problem with that. But I have the same problems exactly that you have with the show.
2: And it's too bad. And some of the things I legitimately wonder, no one's coming out and saying it currently, but I do wonder what accommodations they made because they kept shooting things when Jeff Bridges was dealing with his cancer and then when he was dealing with his COVID. And I wonder if certain things got expanded just so that they could basically keep cameras running. Like, I wonder if there was less flashing back initially and they're like, okay, if we have Bill Heck playing the same character, at least people will remember whose show this is supposed to be kind
0: of. Um, And I think that's legit. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, Dan, I think that that went that that same thing went through my mind. I was as I was watching it, you know, considering I, you know, I I love Jeff Bridges and I follow him and what he does in real life. and, And I was obviously aware of what this guy had gone through in the past couple of years. And clearly that probably had an impact on the making of the show. No question about it.
2: And I I just, I wonder what, and incidentally, this one was uh, renewed, so, and I'm going to be very curious because the book is, it's not an ongoing book series, the book is a single book, and, Mm -hmm. you know, it reaches the end it reaches, and whatever, Uh, so I'll be curious to see how they expand it for a second season, and I'm a little wary because, again, expanding things is partially how we get all of the flashbacks, which are which are just really, they're, they're not an important part of the book. And I, and as I'm, I'm sure I said last time, uh, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing because expanding on the flashbacks do kind of give the story additional richness and the flashbacks in the book Are barely there at all. There, it's it's totally generic and non-existent. What he did in the book, but yeah, there there are momentum problems, and then there's just the inevitability that what you're going to want more than anything on earth is Jeff Bridges and John Lithgow going head to head to some degree, and and if you don't get that, it's a little disappointing. I agree. I agree.
0: Well, I mean, obviously, you know, anytime I can see Jeff Bridges do anything, I'll watch it. And so I don't I don't dislike it, but I do agree with you that it's it's got some faults. Um, but I'm going to continue to watch it, obviously, because um, you don't watch, you don't not watch something with Jeff Bridges. That's kind of my philosophy. A hundred percent agree. So. Um, all right. Well, uh, what are we what are we uh, looking forward to for you to be writing about uh, that we can talk about the next time you're with us? Oh boy, uh, let's see. I'm not even. Sh- we
2: haven't even gotten to July yet. All I know is that July includes the return of of Better Call Saul for its last episode. So if you've mm-hmm. been waiting, say hypothetically, to catch up on the entire series in time, <laughs> Jeez, Jesus um, Christ, <laughs> I'm bringing. I'm bringing it up, and I wouldn't bring it up. Except for my utter certainty <laughs> that if you watched Ray Seahorn on a weekly basis, she would be one of your ex-wives. That okay. is all I am saying, is, is I don't know much, but uh, I am fairly sure no. that would you, be a thing you nah, would
0: like. You, you know my taste <laughs> in women, Dan. You do. You absolutely
2: I, do. But no, there's a, so basically at this point, I'm trying to get through to i'm trying to get through to july and and there's yeah. some bumpiness like for example there's a an eight episode chris pratt uh military series that i am not going to recommend to you okay <laughs> it's coming on friday and it is on on amazon and it's mm-hmm. not very good at all and okay. but some people will love it so if the idea right. of a chris pratt military show speaks to you does not um Sure, um, but anyway, yeah. but also, so July has Better Call Saul. It has What We Do in the Shadows. Yep. Uh, so there's there's stuff there's stuff and, a coming
0: up. And Big Brother uh, starts and, on and Big on, Brother on my birthday, so it's like a little it's a little gift for me this year. Is Big Brother begins on my birthday, so I'm I am
2: definitely looking forward to starting to watch it. Last season, I was out after a week or two. I it know was way early that I was out last yeah. year, so I hope this year is is. Yeah better
0: <laughs> yeah last year was pretty bad it was pretty bad but of course I will watch it all right Dan always an absolute pleasure to talk to you um, and it is the fine print everybody can check it out it's F I E N and we will talk more TV in a couple of weeks sounds good and a happy early birthday to you Nick thank you I appreciate that Th- take care Dan bye there you go Dan Feinberg our TV guy uh, your TV guy everybody's TV guy and you want to know what everybody who loves everybody loves Esmeralda that's right Esmeralda Leon Esmeralda
2: yeah, Esmeralda Leon Yeah, Esmeralda I'm talking about that Esmer. Esmeralda Esmeralda Leon Yeah, Esmeralda Yeah, yeah Oh, Esmeralda Leon Yeah, yeah Get yourself some Esmeralda Love me some Esmeralda
0: Esmeralda Leon. Yeah. Yeah. Esmeralda. Ah, There it is.
1: Esmeralda.
0: You know, it's going to be good when you hear that because it means that Esmeralda Leon is going to be here. Hi, Esmeralda. Hello. How are you?
1: I'm doing well.
0: Oh, good. (laughs) Good, good, good. How are you? All right. All right. Um, Good. Yeah. And your weekend uh, it was 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 it a fun weekend? How how are you? Uh, how how are you and Colin uh, for the weekend? Fun.
1: Yeah, we um, we went uh, to see a friend, mm-hmm. and uh, we had dinner at his house. So that was nice. We brought mm-hmm. some some meats over, and he grilled. Wow. So that was lovely. We got so, to meet his cat. What's his uh, cat's name? A new cat Peter Francis Geracy.
0: <laughs> Come on now. No shit, really? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I love that. What kind of cat is Peter can... Francis Geraci?
1: Oh, he's like a little gray kitten. Yeah. Like gray, I guess tabby maybe. Like gray mm-hmm. and like white paws and stuff like that. For, you know, yeah. I think. They're tab... also lawyers. So I well, thought that, that makes was funny. sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I was going to say, you know,
0: tabby <laughs> cats are always the best for bankruptcy. If you need help with bankruptcy. Yeah. Uh, all tabby. the bankruptcy info <laughs> tapes that you need. Uh, exactly right. he has got them. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't, you don't want to go with an Angora lawyer at that point. You want to go with a right. Tabby. That's <laughs> that's where you want to go. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's cool. That's cool. So you guys, like, had a little... Uh, you went to, like, an adult couple dinner party
1: thing. Yes.
0: Wow, look at you being all adult.
1: I know. It was weird. <laughs> 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 well, because they're way... Um, our friends are they're they're way more advanced in the <laughs> nesting homing right no, adulting business
0: I did that for they a have while. like a
1: house, they bought a house, and they've decorated yeah. said house yeah 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 yeah, and I tried, yeah, I tried everything's all set I, up
0: I, I tried that uh well, I was married twice, but the the whole like what well, wasn't a house it was a condo, but like owning mm-hmm. owning something and decorating it and fixing it up and stuff I tried that for about you know a couple of years. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's uh that's for the birds no and thank so, you and
0: now i'm living here <laughs> uh-oh wait a hold on a minute now. hi i'm carrie russell hi carrie
1: i love Nick's I show know. I know hi know. I, i'm carrie I know, russell carrie. and I, know. I love Nick's show yeah.
0: so uh yeah I in, like in order... she's so
1: polite she introduces herself every she, time she every like, single time exactly. hi i'm carrie russell <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, now, it, you know, if I were still, you know, if I owned my own place, I would fix that door mm-hmm. myself, the creek.
1: Right. I mean, you could. Little WD-40. Well, I could. D-D-40 All you got to do would. is spray a
0: little WD-40 on it, but, you know. Yeah,
1: right? I, I, that's, yeah. That fixes everything.
0: Right. Well, that's cool. A nice adult dinner party. Wow. Yeah. I went to, I went, I went, here's what I did. You went to a nice adult dinner party and brought meats and entertained Peter Francis Geraci and had a lovely, you know. <laughs> A very adult dinner party with couples and all that kind of stuff. I went to a wrestling pay-per-view Sunday night.
1: <laughs> oh, how was that?
0: It was pretty fucking great, actually. Yeah,
1: I actually told um, Elliot Serrano. You know Elliot Serrano. Uh, yes.
0: Elliot, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, is a wrestling fan, if I'm not mistaken. Huge wrestling
1: fan. And yeah. he did not know that they were doing the pay-per-view events in, in big theaters.
0: Yeah, River East.
1: He was... He's very surprised. Yeah. And I just, um, I didn't remember, I couldn't remember the, I was just like, it's at a movie theater. I don't know, man. Look it up.
0: Yeah. River East. <laughs> it was, uh, Is I mean, if he's a wrestling fan, he should probably know that actually. Cause it was, it's not, it wasn't, it wasn't WWE. It's the other, mm. the the competing company, which is uh, all elite wrestling, AEW, which at this point is, is
1: you know, WW, e? wait, is WWF a thing? That's E,
0: it's E they had to change their name because of the panda thing. Oh. They literally had to oh, cha- you know, Okay. They had to change Federation to Entertainment because they could not were have the Were the
1: pandas there first?
0: Yes, they were. Yes, they were. Oh. The, yeah, okay. the World Wildlife Federation <laughs> definitely was there before the World Wrestling. <laughs> and so for years the the WWF with the pandas were like, I don't mm-hmm. we don't want to be associated with the WWF with with Sergeant Slaughter. We don't want that. Oh
1: man. You know- <laughs> that would have been amazing. I I would like- always
0: <laughs> Combine the two? The wrestlers, yeah. like,
1: buy for, oh, my God, and all the opportunities to, like, for donation kind of stuff. I agree. And like, I if t- so-and-so wins, like, yeah. he'll donate this but, much. hey, Or, listen. like, fight for the pandas. Like, right. you know. So-
0: <laughs> well, I, when I, you know, I'll tell you this, though. When I think of Vince McMahon, I certainly do not think fucking charity. That's for mm. sure. So, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that mm-hmm. would ever happen. But, no, WWE is the old WWF and they've been WWE okay, okay. they've been WWE for about t- over 20 years now well over 20 years um so but they aren't the big boy in town anymore i mean they're making the most money and they get you know you know uh they obviously they're worth more money but AEW yeah. all elite wrestling well, they
1: have the they have the ba- the backstory the history
0: yeah yeah uh, but AEW is the company that's doing the better product right now. Like, the storylines mm. are better. The characters are better. They've gotten a whole bunch of wrestlers that left WWE and oh. have gone over to AEW. Oh, yeah, it's a whole soap opera, Esmeralda. <laughs> I mean, that like, is it, what...
1: Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that's what it what is. it all is. It, that's, it
0: is. It's soap opera for men, essentially. Well, and soap operas are for, for men and women, uh, actually. Right, all- but
1: this one is... This is, like, the equivalent of the... um. Like lotions for men. Uh, yeah. Where I'm just like, it, but it's lotion. No, it's not, Why? man. You gotta have yeah. one like for manly.
0: Yeah, no, it's right. I don't. I'm not gonna put that. I'm not gonna put that wimpy woman crap on my hands. I need a. You know, yeah, that's what that's that's what that. But <laughs> the thing about the thing about uh, AEW like last last night, or I should say, yeah, whatever, man, the night before last when I went <laughs> to the pay per view, a, a wrestler yeah. who at WWE was known as Cesaro and a fan favorite. He got canned like two and a half months ago. He showed up at the end of the, he he showed up on AEW at the end of the pay-per-view last night. And it was massive. Like the, the, the people went, the pop in the, in the theater, the movie theater with the 12 people, 12 overweight, Mm -hmm. other, other, the 12 lonely (laughs) overweight men that I was with me. Really?
1: (laughs) There wasn't more people.
0: Uh, You know, here's why I'll tell you why Esmeralda. because it was in Chicago. Uh, the event was at the United Center, so mm. um, so okay. We, we okay. were watching it. We were watching it in a movie theater three miles away from where it was actually happening.
1: <laughs> That's interesting.
0: So I think most of but the that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, no, no, no. Because the other events that I go to at movie theaters uh, are, mu- are are much more crowded. And the event mm. the other night or last night, whatever. Uh, the reason why it wasn't as packed as it was was because the the big wrestling fans are going to go. You know what I mean? So they were there. They were actually there live.
1: Would so, you have you gone to live to events? A live Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
0: Many. <laughs> yes. yes.
1: See, but yeah. you only like you don't mess around with like the smaller stuff, right?
0: Uh well, I do because like my friend the my... The, sm-
1: the smaller wrestling Yeah, the, the, or whatever.
0: like the promotions? Yeah, I've I've seen mm-hmm. I've seen Billy Corgan's promotion a couple of times. Oh, um, mm, Okay. And uh, my buddy, my my buddy and my my pro wrestling expert who is on this podcast regularly, whenever we talk pro wrestling, is Keith Lipinski. He mm-hmm. is with he's with AAW Pro, which is a small promotion here in Chicago, and they do events at the Logan Square Auditorium, and they're awesome. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So, but anyway, that's there's where I so was. So
1: many now.
0: I know. It's but I mean, there's always been which a is whole, great. There's always been a whole bunch of offshoots before Vince McMahon took over. There were. Uh, so many promotions around the country and he bought them all up. Like in the eighties, mm. he bought everything up, but like in the fifties and the sixties and the seventies, different promotions in different parts of the country, there were like 40 different wrestling promotions and they were all independent. And then Ooh, Vince came in, Vince came in and, you know, like a corporation swooped in, bought everything and he owns it all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's Vince McMahon. He, he, there's a reason why, there's a reason why Donald Trump was on uh WWE programming three or four times as a, as a guest. Ugh. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, uh, but yeah, you're you're at a, you're at adult. Hey, let's bring the wine <laughs> dinner parties, and I'm sitting in a theater with a bunch of oh, other fat single guys watching wrestling. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but we're also like playing with a cat named Peter Francis Dreese. True, so. <laughs> true.
0: And I did see. I will say this: I did see the 70 millimeter festival is coming to an end in a couple of days here at the Music mm-hmm. Box, and oh my god, I saw Friday afternoon me and a. And another group of geeks, different kind of geeks this time, film geeks, <laughs> uh, sat in the big, beautiful Music Box Theater. And on 70 millimeter, we saw Walter Hill's amazing Western Geronimo, an American legend, mm. which is such a God, I, I such a great movie um, and amazing. West Studi from Dances with Wolves plays Geronimo. Um, mm. And it's Matt Damon was like 19 when he was in it. Um, oh, wow. And just like it was way before, uh, way before it was way before, uh, Goodwill Hunting. Like five years before Goodwill Hunting, mm-hmm. um, and Jason Patrick was the main star of it, who was just badass in it. Robert Duvall and um, Gene Hackman. I mean, my God! And it's a western, and to see it on seventy millimeter was amazing. So we did. I did that on Friday. that was incredible. Yeah. If you've never seen Geronimo American legend, it's a really beautiful movie, a great Western and very, very sad. And unlike a lot of the Westerns, you know, in their heyday, uh, this was the tragedy of what happened uh, to native Americans in this country. Mm -hmm. And it really, it really focuses on that. Like the main character is Geronimo. Um, And there's a monologue at the end that uh, Geronimo has as they're being thrown into a train and taken to Florida. You know, and then you know, thrown into jail, and then forced to live on a reservation. That's the final shot of the movie: is a a train car filled to the brim with Native Americans in the train. That's the final shot of the movie: is the train heading down to Florida. It's heartbreaking, and that's. You know, and this is like a this is like a big bad western. You know what I mean? You're not supposed to have mm-hmm. that kind of. You know what I mean? That's not what you're supposed to feel. <laughs> you're not supposed to feel. Yeah. Tr- you're know, like, oh my god, w- what a bunch of assholes we were. You know what I mean? That's not how you're supposed to be like. Yeah, the Indians got. We beat the and Indians. Still,
1: yeah, still. Yeah,
0: but I mean, but still, you know, but but I mean, like that's the kind of stuff that Walter Hill did. He would always add more to the genre. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was beautiful to see on 70 millimeter. What a success those guys over at Music Box are having with that, with the 70 that's millimeter. That's great. System. Yeah, beautiful yeah, stuff. Great stuff. So, all right. Hey, um, I, I've got some facts here from the. Oh, by the way, we're going to be taking. Speaking of. Hey, I wonder if this cat butt gum we're going to taste is from Peter Francis Geracy's butt.
1: Oh, great. That <laughs> would be. <laughs> he might not have been born yet, yeah, like when this true. cat butt gum was made, because he's true. a kitten. Oh, he's kitten a kitten. kitten. Okay. Well, we have some <laughs> yes. cat
0: butt gum. Yes. Uh, it's peppermint cat butt gum.
1: Yeah. No, and I don't. We I haven't opened it.
0: I haven't either. So describe describe what's assuming... the artwork. Describe the artwork on the box to everybody, well.
1: So the artwork is is a butt, a cat butt, <laughs> tail. You know how you usually see if you own cats. Yeah. How they usually do it, where their just butts are right in your face. Yep. And then also a cat laughing, which again. Makes sense. Yeah. Because you know they do it on purpose. They do. They They know.
0: They stick their ass in your face as (laughs) as much as possible.
1: They know what they're doing.
0: And when we get to the taste test, I want you to read our seven helpful occasions to chew this. Hello. What the hell?
2: (laughs) Hell, Are you all right? Okay. Uh, I want you to read the
0: tiny box of gum. (laughs) It is a small box of cat butt gum. But I want you to read the seven helpful occasions to chew this gum yes all right you you you'll yeah, tell very
1: helpful, that.
0: okay, very, all right. helpful. we got that coming up uh, as well, and my dad's going to stop by and tell a joke, um, mm-hmm. as you know it's that uh, it's that time of thing, and I think at some point he's probably going to say God damn it, Nick, yeah, I would imagine, <laughs> which by the way is weird because that's also his name, God damn it, Nick, so I. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he could also be just talking about himself.
0: Yeah, it could be like he, he could like stumble in and like bump into Kerry Russell and go, God damn it, Nick. Yeah, all right.
1: Yeah, yeah, just third so, person. Anyway,
0: or I think I broke my ass. Yes. All I'll right. give you ass money. Get them all in while we can. Right. right. <laughs> um. So, uh, do you have any, you know, we were talking about our favorite uh, characters, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, fictional characters, and, and, um, are Were any of yours villains?
1: That were that my could, favorite characters? Yeah.
0: Do you remember? if any, uh, like, Well,
1: like, I mean, the monster was a monster.
0: Right. The monster was a monster. What the hell was his name <laughs> From again? From
1: Looney Tunes. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, Mel-
0: oh, I'm blanking on his that. name
1: again. He was... Uh,
0: uh, yeah. He was we, like we, Melvin? No. Gossamer. 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 Completely
1: wrong. Yeah, right. <laughs> Completely wrong, yeah. Gossamer.
0: And... Um, so we but now we're gonna be talking about uh justifications for sort of villainy behavior mm-hmm. in, in mm-hmm. movies and TV and books and stuff. So we have characters that maybe not they're they're sort of justified in their villainy uh behavior or actions. Yes. All right, so we got some of that. But are you ready for some more of the Are You Shitting Me facts?
1: Absolutely.
0: Okay, here we go. These are gonna be facts that are on, in, the, in the chapter, drinks that aren't good for you.
1: <laughs> I, Wait, I, all of them.
0: <laughs> I could, you know, I, as well, as I could personally tell you four weeks worth of stories <laughs> in, that, <laughs> in that subject. Um, but, okay, are you ready? Yes. In 2012, the energy drink industry had estimated sales of more than $10 billion. So here are a few energy drink... Now, do you drink the energy drinks? Do you, do you do the monster stuff or any of that shit?
1: I do not. I have to be real desperate. Like something has to really happen that I have to be awake because, like, I didn't even drink them when I was on air overnights. I would just mainline coffee. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I really it has to be real bad situation where I'm like, whoa, I gotta do a yeah. Gotta have a Red Bull.
0: Well, <laughs> I will say this: Tom Hush drinks them. Uh, he's my, yeah. he's my, my old producer. He also, he, he is now producing the Steve Cochran show, which by the way is awesome. And you can hear the Steve Cochran show every weekday morning from five 39 on WLS AM eight ninety. and, uh, Tom Hush, you know, you know, Tom, uh, he is, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh, slap slap, Lee's good friend, um, he's producing and he drinks a lot of those. He, he'll have a big ass can of monster. I don't know how they do it, but, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I can't,
1: I can't I, uh, so the, the red bulls i cannot drink the sugar ones cuz they give me the jitters
0: <laughs> no no yeah i understand i was straight up
1: like i could feel it i always yeah. i always have to drink the sugar free one <laughs> well
0: i've got i've got high blood pressure and and so i don't do i don't i don't do the caffeine but i actually stopped drinking caffeine almost 20 years ago uh in february mm-hmm. in february it'll be 20 oh years oh my
1: gosh you would have like a sip and it'd probably oh, just no. you blow your top.
0: Yeah, but I so I, I actually stopped consuming caffeine before I was diagnosed with high blood pressure. I wasn't diagnosed with high blood pressure until about ten years after I quit drinking caffeine. Interesting. Uh, no, seriously, and I quit smoking and caffeine on the same day. So so I'm sorry. Yeah, so so I quit caffeine and nicotine on the same day because I'm a Oof. and I was a real treat to that's, be around, Asrella. Yeah, yeah, I was oh, gonna say. That's... Oh yeah, I was a real treat. But I don't know. so it wasn't a race
1: or anything, so I don't know why.
0: I <laughs> just I was going through. I was going through a horrible breakup, and I decided I'm going to do some life changing things. I'm not going to smoke, and I'm not going to drink caffeine anymore. It's like, and so all right. then then in you know while going through a breakup, I was an asshole to all my friends.
1: Mm, <laughs> right? No, I could
0: imagine. So here are some now. Now you and I don't think drink these things, but a lot of people do. Um, many energy drinks do not label caffeine content, and they can contain as much. Of uh, as 14, the equivalent of 14 cans of soda in one. Oof.
1: That's 14 uh,
0: cans of soda. Or pop, if you want yeah. to say it per- correctly.
1: Yes, yeah. that is, that's so much. That uh, does, that seems dangerous, but okay.
0: <laughs> the FDA, again, this is another fact. The FDA limits caffeine content in soft drinks, but imposes no such rule on energy
1: drinks interesting i wonder why
0: Uh, yeah that's weird we'd have to go into there and find out but yeah
1: big energy drink is that what's (laughs) energy drink lobbyists are stopping
0: (laughs) that's what it is yeah
1: like yeah it's funny because energy drink
0: lobbyists they walk in to have a meeting go hey listen i think this and i think we should do this (laughs) you can't understand what any of the do yeah and then they (laughs) flip tables and run out and jump out through the window um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Energy drinks can increase blood pressure and stimulate the heart, at times uh, creating heart palpitations. So you getting shaky and jittery, mm-hmm. not surprising at all, Esmeralda. That's a yeah. normal reaction.
1: Oof. And then imagine, imagine, like in college, I would drink Red Bulls and vodka.
0: Oh, no, oh, that's man. a huge thing. I Even back when I was it's bartending big, yeah. it, Oof. it became it became a popular, th- it started to become popular at the tail end of my bartending years. Yeah, it started to be get to get popular, you know. Um, how about this? Not only can caffeine raise your blood pressure and disrupt your sleep, but it can also aggravate anyone with psychiatric conditions.
1: Makes sense. Yep. Complete sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know how. And then it's just the, the sheer size of them. Mm-hmm. Like, they just keep getting bigger and bigger. Like those oh. monsters. And then there's just like, yeah. all the other brands like Yep. Well, the Renbows too. They, no, they keep, I've seen some giant ass
0: No, cans. I the, 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 well, Tom is a large a very large human being, Tom Haas. He's a very big mm. guy. He's and he has guy. he has the 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 giant can. Like he'll have Ooh. like two, I mean the giant fucking can. And the other uh, that other idiot that used to produce my show. Um oh shit, I can't say his name now. I called him an idiot. Um there was this <laughs> idiot that I <laughs> There was this idiot that I produced that had that produced my show for a while that I worked with. Now people are gonna figure out who it is. Uh, but he was a, <laughs> he was not Dan Shagru. Uh, I will say that. He was not Dan Shagru not. Yeah, was I was like,
1: I don't think Dan even coffee? I don't think
0: No, he... Dan did none of that stuff. Dan very rarely would drink coffee. Dan is Which a straight Which is
1: crazy because he really did <laughs> if anyone needed it. Dan yeah. poor Dan Shagru. Just <laughs> yeah. so many children
0: and <laughs> And so many children, so many duties. Ooh at work
1: responsibilities yeah,
0: responsibilities yeah. uh yeah so so it wasn't dan it wasn't andy herman um it wasn't mike steven um <laughs> and it wasn't tom hush it was a, a different mm-hmm. guy and i think if you mm-hmm. know if you know my shows yep. then you can probably figure out the jag off i'm talking about <laughs> um <laughs> yes yeah, really, i believe you know who i'm talking about oh i
1: t- i completely do <laughs> and yes he is a jagoff.:
0: Oh my God, what an <laughs> incompetent jagoff that guy was, but he would have also the giant like monster. Um, but it says that um, complications from energy drinks can include anxiety, irregular heartbeats, and it can lead to heart attacks. So this is what we're learning is that they're not good for you. so
1: there you go. No.
0: <laughs> Enjoy your energy drink, everybody.
1: even if they have a little fruit juice in them, it doesn't make it better.
0: Yeah't make it better.
1: Put a little fruit juice it's in there. It's got B vitamins. Uh-huh. Yeah, no. yeah
0: no, no. no, 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 That's not. I right. think I broke my ass. That's what's going to happen. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, so this uh, this article here, Esmeralda, about bad guys and their justifications of, of yes. which was there anything that you that you were looking at here? You were scrolling through here that that uh, stood out for you as a character that their their actions were kind of justified any any of those ones that popped well, up okay, so
1: the first well it's funny that the the first one not first one on the list but number 17 in the in this list of 17 uh people characters yeah. is Cosmo Kramer cuz we were talking last last time were not we talking about Seinfeld and um how Larry David was based he based uh, George
0: Costanza is him. Yeah, George yeah, Costanza. On it. And yeah.
1: I'm just like, oh, he's the worst person yeah. ever. Yeah. Cosmo is number 17 on this list. Yeah, and
0: yeah. I <laughs>
1: kind of, I don't see him as that bad. No. Like, out of all of them, he seems to be, like, the better he, out of the he, group.
0: He, the thing about Cosmo is he's not as calculatedly... Asshole-ish as the other three. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of, Cosmo is just kind of a dipshit. And he has all the, he's like the, you know, you know how, uh, as we were talking about our favorite characters and tying into the last time we spoke, you know how I mentioned uh, 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 Jackie Gleason in mm-hmm. um, Honeymooners, that Ralph Crampton was one of my favorite characters? Because yeah. he always has the, he always had these boneheaded schemes, you know, to make money for him and Alice and they were going to get out of that shitty apartment and he was going to, you know, he was going to provide a great life for Alice and all that stuff. Yeah. It was one of his dreams. Yeah. So he always came up with these stupid, you know, boneheaded schemes to do that. You know, mm-hmm. Kramer does that a lot. Kramer has a lot of those, you know what I mean? Like he has a lot of yeah. money making schemes and you know, he's not, it's not necessarily to hurt other people or to be incredibly selfish like the other three, mm-hmm. but he's just, he's a, he's a, he's kind of a dipshit. And as a result, he's sometimes, he sometimes does shitty things around and to people.
1: I do, I do see that, and yeah. then there's also those times when, the um, I'm trying to think of like, oh oh um, when I forget, I guess Jerry got tickets for something, and then the guy who we got the tickets from got mad at him because he, he didn't, didn't call him was, to like thank him, and Cosmo yes. was like, of course you do that, yeah. yeah Which yeah, yeah. in my head I'm like, yeah, because it's being polite,
0: yeah, like yeah yeah yeah. Kazuma, He's like, I already, Cosmo it, it has. It was, um, it was Mark DiCarlo. God, I'm such a geek. It was Mark DiCarlo was the actor-comedian who played the friend. They got him, yes. tickets. They got him tickets to the hockey game. The Rangers were in the playoffs. And they were playing yes. the Devils, the Devils. That's when, uh, that's when um, Putty, Putty was the face painter. Oh my and he, God, he, yes. he painted his face as oh. the Devils. Um, and so, yeah, Cosmo Kramer was like, you've got to call and thank him. And 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 Seinfeld was like, well, I don't want to thank him I'm sick of these thanking people. You know, like that's my Seinfeld, by the way. There.
1: Right. And but yeah. in my mind, I'm like, Kamo is he's kind of right. He's right. No, he's right. That seems a polite thing to do, Jerry. I agree.
0: I agree. Yeah. But everyone's yeah. Everyone. <laughs> yeah.
1: Thinks he's as bad, but I honestly, out of the out of the group, he is the he, least.
0: Without question. <laughs> without without question. Yep. You are absolutely <laughs> right. How about Dwight Schrute? From uh, the office, where do you stand so, on Dwight? Where do you stand on Dwight?
1: I don't. Well, okay, I don't like him because he he is very, he's you know, uh, he kind of tells you things up front, like he doesn't lie and or or anything like that, which I guess is commendable. But sometimes yeah. it's like, can you not tell me that? Can you just yeah. keep it to yeah, yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but I always did feel bad that they did just make fun of him, harass him, make you know.
0: They only added just, to his psychotic behavior.
1: Exactly. Um, I kind um, of, I mean, I always, honestly, in my mind, I think Jim is the villain. Well, he's a, he's he, a well,
0: dick. You know, you know why? Jim is just a smarmy motherfucker. He's every time, exactly. every time, every time Jim would look in the camera, I'm like, you little bastard. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he had, like, like, you know, like uh, every time Krasinski would look into the camera, he was, he was so smarmy and he had, and he's so adorable. That like when he looks into the camera, like, you shit. You know what I mean? You want to smack it. Yeah,
1: I just um, always and then I always had this issue with Jim, of um, him and what's her face. Like towards the end when the show in my mind wasn't that great, it but wasn't. he like went off to go do. He would like there was just stuff like with them together. Where I'm just like you're kind of yeah. not that great. But, Jim and Pam.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Jenna <laughs> Fisher. Um, hmm. Well, here's what they say. They say, despite clearly being on the spectrum, uh, Dwight is constantly oh, harassed, sure, yeah. belittled, pranked, and talked down to by his coworker Jim for the crimes of being really serious about his work. He wouldn't be so wound exactly. up if Jim would just leave the poor farmer alone. That's absolutely true.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And like he has a beet farm. Like good for him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was a, there was a period of time when The Office was just a magnificent piece of television. Um and. Mm-hmm. Yeah it was on it was on I was on at least two seasons too much too long. But even yes, then, even even then the cast was so fucking strong that even at its worst there were so many talented people involved that it, I watched it anyway. Mhm. Because that cast was deep. I mean, man, oh man. Yeah. The, I mean, it, yeah,
1: I watched it till the end, so. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I prefer it, of the workspace shows, I prefer Parks and Rec. I think Parks and Rec is better.
1: Yes. Um, Absolutely.
0: And, and I even like, I think I like Brooklyn Nine-Nine more I, in, in that. Oh, you know yes. Um, yes. Yes, yes, yes. So of, the, of that trio of Michael Schur office, you know, related comedies, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think my favorite, my favorite is Parks and Rec and second is, is Brooklyn. Yeah, it was Brooklyn 9 Yeah. So, but I love Parks and Rec. Oh, my God, do I love Parks and Rec. Yes. So good. All right, how about Walter Peck from Ghostbusters?
1: I I mean I don't remember exactly like <laughs> why he was mad about oh, stuff.
0: Oh yeah, people hate Because I'm like,
1: didn't he see the dang ghosts?
0: Here's the thing about Walter Peck. Not not really Walter Peck, but the actor. So, Ezra, well, the actor mm. is a guy named William Atherton. William Atherton. Well, he
1: always plays like ex- dicks. Ex- exactly. Right? In the 80s, he was the ultimate dick. Here's the, yeah. here are the
0: he was a dick in every movie in the 80s. Here are the movies. Are you ready for the movies in which he played? The, uh, he is, without question, the biggest 80s dick in cinema history. Okay? <laughs> his last name, his, his name in the movie is Peck, Walter Peck. It should have been Pecker. Um, but here, here, okay, so you got Ghostbusters, you got Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2. Okay? Mm-hmm. No, no, wait, he's not in Ghostbusters 2. He's not in Ghostbusters 2. So it's Ghostbusters. He's in Die Hard and Die Hard 2. And he oh, is yeah,
1: and he's the guy, like, trying to hit on... The reporter. Um, he's the
0: asshole reporter. And he's hitting oh, on Bonnie... Yeah, and... Bon- no, 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 the guy who's hitting on Bonnie Bedelia is Hart Bachner. He's the guy who's like, it's a Rolex. He's the one who gets killed. Oh. They, he's the one who oh, okay. gives... Okay, see, I was thinking her- that he... No. Okay. No, 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 no. You go back and watch it. William Atherton is the asshole reporter who mm. will do anything to get the story, including, you know, risk the lives of all the hostages. Ooh. Um... So he's 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 an asshole in that, and then in uh, Real Genius, he's the biggest dick ever in that movie. In Real Genius, he's the professor yeah. who who hires um, Val Kilmer and the uh, and the other the other kid uh, to make the laser, you know, s- s- for the military. Mm-hmm. And he's the asshole in that. So in those movies, in two Die Hard movies, in in Ghostbusters, and in Real Genius, within a five year span, he was the biggest prick in the history of eighties cinema. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But so on this list they don't they think he, it's unjustified. Yeah, that, what tell, to tell call us what him they a say, dick.
0: Tell us what they say about uh, him in, in, so in Walter Peck and Ghostbusters. Yeah.
1: That he has every right, nay, every responsibility to question the four men that claim to go around hunting ghosts. I guess, but like people are seeing ghosts. It's I, not like no one is seeing these things.. Right. Peck is confronted with the offhanded and mean-spirited snark of Peter Venkman, which I, I can see this now. a noted scam artist in charlatan, yep. when all he was trying to do was his job.
0: those are those are all valid points. those are all valid points. and I, and I, now here's the, the thing is though, um, I, I defend that argument because I'm not a fan of Ghostbusters. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I do kind of think the four guys in Ghostbusters, except for except for Harold, who could do no wrong, Harold Rams. But well, our, yeah, our... he
1: was he was like a true 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 scientist. Yeah, he was exactly like, this and so is interesting
0: and so, <laughs> to a certain extent. So was and to a certain extent, so was Ackroyd. It was it was Bill Murray who was like he was kind of represented the audience by like, are you kidding me with this shit? You know what I mean? Like the you know yeah. Um, but yeah, so but I, I but so yeah, I, I you know and and of course you know it's yes it's true. This man has no dick. There's that line, which of course is the classic <laughs> about him. Now, I don't know the next one because I've never seen a full episode of Friends with the volume up. Right. And I mean so, that be- and, um, I mean, and I mean that because in my studio at GN at the car wash, um as we call it, the yeah. TV, one of the TV monitors was on WGN TV throughout the night when I was on, and they would repeat Friends. And I would see that the show. Obviously, the sound was mm-hmm. off because I was doing a radio show. But mm-hmm. I've seen, without the sound, I've seen many episodes of Friends. But I've never watched one all the way through except for the one episode that I watched when I was trapped on a plane. Um, so I don't know who this person is. <laughs> yes. This next one, Morella. so you're going to have to explain yes. this. So uh, this is
1: Janice. I didn't even know. I mean, I'm sure she had a last name, but I didn't know what it was. <laughs> but it's Hosenstein. Okay. Janice Hosenstein. Everyone knows her. She's the one who had the laugh. She had the <laughs> kind of like friend okay. rusher esque thing. Okay. Um. And so there, everyone didn't like her. That was kind of her thing. Like, ooh, it's Janice. Like, no, no oh, one likes okay. her.
2: okay.
1: But the thing is, there is nothing to, like... We were just villainizing just the I lady. See. The Chandler. I see. Essentially. And then how they explain it, they say that oh, we're sorry, you don't like her laugh. Because yeah, that was one of the things, like the big thing that was like, Oh, she's so annoying, that laugh. Okay. And it's like she can't help that. She's just laughing. Right. right, right, right. Um But yeah, uh Chandler essentially strings her along because he doesn't want to break off the relationship and he apparently he got Phoebe to do it. And then eventually they got back together. It was like a whole thing. So yeah, okay. Chandler. Everyone doesn't like her because she had that laugh.
0: Chandler is essentially Matthew Perry, right? Yes. And Phoebe is the is. I love Lisa Kudrow, and that's Phoebe, right? She's Phoebe. Mm -hmm. Okay, Lisa Mm -hmm. Kudrow. I love her. Uh, uh, Mm -hmm. um, And then, but I'm looking at this picture, and she is this Janice character. Yes. She's the woman. That in Seinfeld, George thinks he gets pregnant with the, with the, with the. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. (laughs) So she's on an episode of, uh, a a couple of episodes. She dates George for a little while on, on, uh, on Seinfeld. (laughs) She did. Yes. And George uh, 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 thinks that he got her pregnant Mm. um, uh, because of these condoms that, that Kramer got that are defective. (laughs) So, oh Kramer. <laughs> <laughs> it all goes back again. It's all full circle at this point.
1: You're right. Um, and uh so
0: yeah, so he's so he thinks that he got her pregnant. They dated and they, they slept together on the first date. She was like it was mm-hmm. the, the the episode was called the fix up. Mm-hmm. Uh and it was because uh she was friends. The girl who played this Janice Hosenstein
1: mm-hmm. uh
0: she was friends with Elaine in the episode. And and Jerry, obviously, is friends with George. So they decided that they would fix these two people up.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And that's what the episode was about, was about what happens when you fix your friend up with another friend. You know what I mean? And -hmm. that's what the episode was about. And it all turned out really bad because, of course, George is a dickhead. She was weird and he may have gotten her pregnant, which turned out to be a false alarm at the end. Uh, It turned out to be a false alarm. And he thought he got her pregnant because uh, Kramer gave him a, a defective condom because he got a gross of condoms for some reason. Yeah, yeah. He walked in with like <laughs> he walked in with like a giant bag of condoms. Go ahead, take some, Kramer. <laughs> so, but okay, so she they, people, she was she was a villainess. Why? Cuz she laughed. That's it.
1: Yeah, cuz she had a weird she had that annoying laugh. Yeah. Um, and she I guess she did seem clingy. But I mean, Chandler was a like that man had issues. Um, yeah, so really he was snar- he was snarky Chandler's guy, smart. right? Wasn't Chandler smart? was very smart, snarky, ass, snarky, but then guy. also, yeah, he was very snarky. But then also how they put it, like he wouldn't break it off. Like there was a whole episode arc where he's just like he's still with her and he can't do it. He can't break it off like he's trying to, I think. But then he's never. Yeah, they say in the article like, because he was too chicken shit to break it off. So it's really he's the bad. So he guy. had he,
0: he had Lisa Kudrow do it. So Lisa <laughs> Kudrow broke up. with Yes. Her? Oh, my mm-hmm. God.
1: Okay. Yep. See. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. All
0: right. Poor Janice. Yeah. I feel right. bad for her. So villains that aren't that bad. How about Jar Jar Banks?
1: I don't understand. I wouldn't see him as like a villain, oh, like a bad guy in any way. I understand oh. that people hate. People hate. hate Jar Jar Banks. See, see I like, I hate
0: I hated him too, but not more than anything else in those fucking movies.
1: <laughs> right. I, mean? I, I mean, just it was- felt, yeah. <laughs> it's that thing where you like, you feel bad. I just feel yeah. bad for Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> Cause nobody like, again, well, what did Jar Jar Banks do to you? Like no, poor Jar yeah. Jar Banks, is just well, being I, Jar Jar Banks.
0: <laughs> I also feel, I also feel really bad for the guy who supplied his voice, the actor who did his voice, mm-hmm, because it's mm-hmm. like this guy, you, you know, like you bring in your resume, you know, and and you know the director looks at it and it's like, oh shit, you were Jar Jar Binks? Get out of here. You know what I
1: you mean? Know <laughs> yeah, you did that? Yeah. Uh.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's not his fault. It's fucking George Lucas' fault. He's the asshole who created the character. Um yeah, but it I is...
1: always felt bad for Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. I don't
0: I mean I you know, I mean I you know, I've only seen those movies once, those three prequels i've only seen well mm-hmm. i mean i there aren't a lot of star wars movies i've seen more than once but that those in particular the jar jar Bink, uh, binks movies i've only seen them once so i i don't really have anything invested i didn't care about star wars beforehand so it's not like jar jar binks shit on my childhood because i didn't care about right. star wars you know what i mean it was like you ruined star wars for me i hated star wars when i walked in so it was you know <laughs> all right so you feel bad for jar jar binks i do too
1: I do, but now I don't understand. I mean, I don't know because well, neither you and I follow yeah. Star Wars, so I right. don't know where Jar Jar is right now. Yeah, like with all the, the other,
0: star- I don't either because there are not well this Obi Wan thing. Everybody's been watching this new Obi Wan thing. I don't know what the hell. You know, you got you got your yeah. mandolin, mandolin, yeah, yeah, mandolin, not not, not ma- Mandalorian, mandolin. Wow. That's that's the Bruce Hornsby story. Is the man- <laughs> mandolin rain? Um, <laughs> Um, But all of this stuff, the offshoots and everything, the John Favreau, you know, uh, uh, universe, the J.J. Abrams universe. I don't know any of it, you know, so I don't know where Jar Jar Binks is now. Maybe somebody can tell us you can. Hey, leave us a voicemail with the Jar Jar Binks update. 773-417-6948 or nickdpodcast at gmail.com. I don't know where he is now. I don't know. You know, yeah,
1: because there's like I keep seeing stuff and I'm not quite sure if they're accurate. Um, but it's like he is now in the Sith. <laughs> he was like supposed to do something against people i don't know i don't know if evidently really he did anything. something
0: evidently he did something in the Senate in one of the movies that was horrible for the for the rebellion or something okay. Like well, he, maybe you like, shouldn't treat him like shit, and then he probably no, wouldn't. <laughs> I guess, it. but there was, I don't know what he, uh, some dork, some Star Wars dork would know. If you're a Star Wars dork, uh, leave your yeah. voicemail message at 773-417-6948 or, po- or uh, email us at com, Because so, Jar Jar Binks, in one of those movies, did something in the Senate that affected, years later, something that happened. I don't know, mm-hmm. but there's okay. there's... Uh, so he did something. Yeah, somebody st- knows. And it was, a, it, it was like, a, it, was, it wasn't even a major plot point, Esmeralda. It was like something in yeah. the background that he did that nobody, like a normal human being who would go see the Star Wars movie wouldn't catch on. Mm-hmm. But like one of the Star Wars mm-hmm. dorks would go, oh, he voted uh, you know, for Chapter 15, blah, blah, blah. And that affected the Senate, which did this to the Republic and that did that to the Empire. I don't know. But something, he did something <laughs> that, that caused a lot of dominoes to fall. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he was responsible for something. So I don't know fucking jar jar all right how about this one the non charlie children of willy wonka and the chocolate factory okay
1: well i don't agree with this
0: all right well well, let me read what it says and you tell me why you don't agree um uh, these are children thrown into a world literally made of candy expected to pass vague and arbitrary personality tests by the reclusive factory landlord lest they meet a gruesome end the adults (laughs) of this story are the biggest cretins All right. So, what what are your thoughts on that? Okay.
1: Yes, because I guess they they uh, raised these little heathens. Yeah. But like, who's who's going into a factory? You go into a place of business, and you're just like, oh, look at a river. Like, I don't care what it is. I was I was told you don't things you don't touch things that aren't yours, and that no one said that you could. The little fat Augustus Gloop. Yeah. He fell into the damn chocolate river because he was sticking his hands in there. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? You're yeah. you're you're the, and, and infecting could, the whole thing. Your dirty little child hands just and they ruined all, all that chocolate.
0: And they were all spoiled. Wasn't Veruca Salt the spoiled one? Wasn't she the one who was like, I want this, yeah. I want that. And then she turns exactly. into a blueberry. Does she turn into a blueberry? Oh
1: no, she doesn't turn into a blueberry. She gets um, her little scene is in a where the good eggs are where you get to determine what what's a good egg and a bad egg uh-huh. and she all oh, right she's a bad she sat, right. yeah right, she right, sat right. in that whatever right. to determine that yeah. and she got dumped right. cuz she's and a I'm, bad
0: egg and again i don't i this is a movie that again another movie that's beloved by everyone that i hate <laughs> so,
1: i will say i will say on the violet which is the one who turns into the she turns she, she turns into a violet violet sure yeah yeah <laughs> she just seemed a little like just a uh Isn't she, she the didn't one seem that just truly continu- rude? She just she's like she, she, she just choose gum.
0: choose gum. Yeah, right. She's the one who just continually chews gum. Right.
1: She was just a little rude. Right. She wasn't like I think that could have been corrected easier than ah. than than you know turning her turning her into, into a, a damn blueberry. Right. But <laughs>
0: Okay. So the kids you, you are defending the kids.
1: I'm well, yes and no. Okay. Because the, the <laughs> that little kid Sticking his dirty child hand right. into the chocolate river. No. Jack you off. deserve yeah. to get sucked into that tube.
0: Exactly. <laughs> All right. Yeah,
1: okay. Ruka Salt. Like she was like grabbing people's stuff, like mine, mine, mine. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. Okay. But also, it's the parents' fault.
0: And also, yeah. And <laughs> well, then, and, and, and they raised and, him. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, you, what was it? You lose, sir. Or whatever the fuck he says at the end when he screams at Jack Albertson after they drink the burpee shit. Remember, they're yeah. not supposed to drink the burpee shit and then they drink it and they almost get killed by a fan? Don't they get sucked yeah, up into it? A... I
1: mean, <sighs> <laughs> I hate that movie. God, I hate that I movie. I mean, I could also, you know, be like, yeah, you probably lose. You almost uh, killed yeah. yourself. Right. And that would have been a huge problem for me, but right. you know. <laughs> I, and and
0: I, I prefer the Tim Burton one with Johnny Depp. I just mm-hmm. do. Because it's more, it's darker, it's more uh, uh, faithful to the Roald Dahl book. And there aren't yeah. ter- and there aren't shitty songs in it, and there are way too I, many shitty songs in it.
1: I always enjoyed the parts where the one kid would talk, and he'd be like, "I'm sorry, speak up, I can't hear you mumbling." Like he oh. always... Yeah. I All did right. like how petty he was.
0: All right. Okay. Well, we got some of those, but let's. You want to hear? My dad, I think, is going to be at the doorbell here. Yeah. Uh oh.
1: Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and yeah, I, know, I Carrie. love Nick's show. I know.
0: All right. All right. My dad. oh God damn it, Nick. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, it's the best part of the week, baby. It's time to hear something funny. Here we go. With your music intro. Ah! It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad tells a joke. Yeah. what I say? It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Next, Dad, tell a joke. Oh yes! Here we go. All right. Ah, uh, the great Jason Skaggs, uh, fantastic uh, human and incredibly mm-hmm. talented. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's his theme. My dad likes to come in and tell a joke. Are you ready for my dad's joke, Esmeralda?
1: Yes. All right. Here yes, we go. I am. Go ahead, Dad. Tell you dad your uh, joke.
0: My wife and I have a water bed. We call it the Dead Sea. <laughs> Dang. That was jokey 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 time. It was a jokey 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 time. Nick's dad told a joke. He'll do it again next. I have no idea why that one struck me. It's so funny.
1: It's so ridiculous. That's just like, whoa. All right.
0: Jesus Christ. Oh, Dad. Wow. All right, Dad, thanks for coming.
1: Alright, see you later. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell. Yes, Carrie, I I I understand that.
0: (laughs) Cat butt gum. Yes. All right. And it's like peppermint cat butt gum. Before we actually taste it, why Mm -hmm. don't you read the seven helpful occasions to chew the cat butt gum? Tell us what they are. Yes.
1: All right. So on the back of this cat butt gum, (laughs) the seven helpful occasions to chew this gum. Number one, when you suddenly need to change your mood. I can see that. Yes. Okay. Number two, when somebody... When somebody yell at you and you don't want to listen. Is that what uh, number 3? If you that was exactly right. Yeah, cuz I can't the
0: as well as I'm so fucking old the font is too small and I have my glasses on. <laughs> I have my I have my I have my cheaters on and I literally it's too the font is too small.
1: I think this is supposed <laughs> to be like in cat speak as well yeah. maybe.
0: Okay, so yeah. All right, so it's a character. It's like a it's like wacky cat speaking. Okay. If, number three is, is if you Peter... are
1: lack of attitude. Uh <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh number 4 when you need to refuse. Number oh. 5 when you want to be picky. Uh-huh. Number 6 when you want to be selfish. Uh-huh. Number 7 when you definitely want to say kiss my ass. Wow. So I the way this sounds is that when we eat this gum, we turn, we get some kind of cat like right. attitudes. Right. We get we That's turn into That's what I'm getting.
0: We turn into the unfair generic uh, reputation that cats have.
1: Yes. Okay. So cat butt. Time on for it. Let's go. This is from <laughs>
0: Blue Q's. The letter Q. Blue Q's candy.
1: Okay. Right,
0: here we go. I'm well, taking how don't... many? How many pieces are you putting in your in your mouth?
1: Uh, just one.
0: Okay. I was gonna go with two. Oh, all right. Kind of small. All right. Here we go.
1: Um. Well, right off the bat, I am disappointed. Why? These just look
0: like... They look like um, chicklets.
1: Chicklets. Yeah. I thought they were going to be cat butts.
0: I thought it was going to be cat... <laughs> I thought it was going to look like cat poo.
1: Well, no, I thought they were going to look like straight up cat butt holes.
0: Oh, yeah. It's called cat butt gum. Yeah.
1: Right? Like, why... I don't get it.
0: Oh, you know what it That's
1: is? Wait a so minute. so disappointing. You
0: know what it is? I'm just remembering. Esmeralda. Hmm. This comes with a little fake cat butt, and it the the this is just the refill. You put this in the in the dispenser, and when you get the mm-hmm. cat butt gum, it comes out of the cat's butt. So it's supposed to be poop. Yeah, and it doesn't well, look like poop.
1: It's white though. <laughs> it's white and it's
0: shaped like a like a
1: square. I would say that your cat has a um some health issues if they're coming out (laughs) white and square like this
0: you gotta get your you gotta get your peter francis geraci to the vet as soon as possible
1: right well Um, okay it's peppermint gum i mean it's yeah peppermint gum yeah this is very disappointing don't buy it
0: (laughs) wow esmeralda put coming down hard
1: i'm just mad i'm just disappointed i was expecting cat buttholes
0: (laughs) God, I I wish we still did straight out of context. My God, we have.
1: I wanted cat buttholes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How many times have you heard that?
1: Right. Uh,
0: All right. Well, disappointing. I think we only have one more uh, candy to do, and we will do that on the on Friday. Also on Friday. Hey, listen. uh, One of our friends from the uh, Radio Misfits family. Two of our friends from the Radio Misfits family are going to are going to join me. You ready? Mm -hmm. Rick Kempfer and Dave Stern from Minutia Men. Mm. Um, they are celebrating the one hundredth episode of Minutia Men's Celebrity Interview. Which oh, is how
1: exciting.
0: a terrific podcast. They were kind enough to have me on when I first started with them. They welcomed mm-hmm. me to the family. Rick and Dave welcomed me to the family uh, and interviewed me on that on that um that that show itself, Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. I don't know how much of a mm-hmm. celebrity they were stretching the boundaries by having me as a celebrity, quote unquote. <laughs> oh, uh, come on.
1: You um, got a you got a whole plaque. <laughs> I got, do. I have um, plaque in the quotes sidewalks and that, yeah. movies. That's Come right. on, I
0: That's right. I forgot. I'm on the I'm on the video box for Cabin Boy. I'm a real fucking. Come
1: celebrity. on. Uh, <laughs> have you ever been in anything?
0: Um, I I shot the puck uh, at and I uh, at uh, at the United Center. Let's uh, see. And I made it. I I, I made both shots. Uh, so that see, was on there. TV. You go. That was on TV. So there you go. My legs are in the movie Wildcats. Did I ever tell you that? I'll have to tell you that story. You know the movie no. Wildcats with Goldie Hawn? The football, uh-huh. where she's like a football coach? My legs are uh-huh. in that movie. My legs are in that movie. See? I'll tell you that story don't, sometime.
1: Don't put yourself down. You are a celebrity. <laughs> Thank
0: you, Esmeralda. <laughs> You're the best. All right. Well, anyway, Rick Rick, and Dave from Minutia Men are going to be joining me on Friday. Uh, they're part of the Radio Misfits family. And again, radiomisfits.com. Check out all the great podcasts. We are available there and every platform uh, available all over the place. Take the time to please rate and review us and give us feedback. Voicemail 773-417-6948. Email nickdpodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to sponsor if you want to sponsor our show, if you want to be a part of the show and advertise on it, uh, this is a very popular podcast, I'm told. And it is. And you'll reach a lot of people. So get some ads and be a sponsor. Sales at RadioMisfits.com. Sales at RadioMisfits.com. And, to thank you. You rule. Um, thank my, you. Thanks to Dan Feinberg <laughs> from The Hollywood Reporter for talking TV. And we will talk to you on Friday. Uh, and thank you so much for listening right here on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. The wind is right on me.